This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What is up, everybody? My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Black Ball. Today, we have two guests who have been here before. They are both ex-members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, a.k.a. the Plymouth Brethren Crazy Cult. And when we had, when I had them on the show the first time, I had them separately. In fact, to kick off my Brethren coverage, I had Cheryl Hope on the show. And Cheryl gave us a harrowing tale about what it was like to be brought up in that cult and what she is going through now and what she is pursuing now as far as justice is concerned. And then afterwards, I had Lane Admiral on the show. Lane was also born and raised inside the cult and is now out. He also had a harrowing story to tell, which he told the last time that he was here. But today we are going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to cover some of that stuff, but we are, we're also going to talk about the businesses that are run by the Plymouth Brethren. And there are hundreds of them, by the way. We're going to try to figure out why Amazon would want to partner with a group that is so anti-gay and anti-women and all that. And we are also going to talk about the, uh, the progress, if any, that has been made in the police investigations regarding some of the abuse allegations that have been brought forward. So to join me today, please welcome back to the show, Lane Admiral and Cheryl Hope. Guys, how are you? Good. Great. Um, I, wanted, I, I took a long break. Uh, from from covering brethren stuff um, and it wasn't intentional it wasn't like you know I had to take a break from it or anything like that but in the time that I have been covering other things and the last time I think I had a brethren guest on Lane it might have been you to be honest okay. um, but we're talking like a month ago at least now and the I, I have been looking on the internet I've been looking on social media it is kind of growing just the awareness of this organization. Um, but Cheryl, I want to, I'm going to start with you because I, I want to know um, since all of this has started, I know that um, you've been uh, you've, you've spoke to, to a couple of reporters and you, uh, you spoke, I think recently with the police uh, um, especially the, the investigators that are, are, are looking into the allegations that you have made do you have an update for us at all as to how that investigation is going? And more important, or just as importantly, I would say, what has uh, has there been much of a reaction and have people reached out to you in regards to their own stories um, uh, of abuse at the hands of this cult? <clears throat> yeah, so I um, talked to the police last week. Um, as far as charges are going, um, I mean, people have got to understand this is like a complex case. It's not just been able to go after Alan and charge Alan. It is 
there's complexity to it with other groups, other people. There's a lot of uh, police investigation that has to happen, police interviews that have to happen. Um, it's slow. I'm not going to lie. It's very slow. It's <laughs> slower than I would like. Um, yes, so many people have reached out, out to us. I think um, over the weekend, I have to say um, my gloves have come off. Um, I had a email come through to me with someone that was inside the church, a very young person. And the email I received was absolutely heart-wrenching. And I'm like, I guess I'm done. I'm done um, trying to hold this neutral ground between everything. And I think we have to become a little bit more louder. I think we have to become a little bit more ruthless. And I think we need to match um, what's going on in there. And so if you're going to see a lot of us get a little bit louder now, and I think that's why uh, Lane and myself and Richard and Carmen have really kind of upped the game as to the publicity that we're trying to get into. Um, I guess my heart just can't keep taking these stories that I get. I guess it just like there's only so much a heart can take before you finally realize this is bullshit on so many levels. And I'm not saying that the justice system or the judicial system or the police are not doing their job. I'm just thinking that this is going way too fucking slow for my liking. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I remember when I interviewed you, I was like, I'd like to burn it to the ground. And you're like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I thought I was going to, I thought it was an applause line, but you're like, James, we have to be civil about this. And now <laughs> Thank you for entering the realm. Of, I, I still think it's civil. It's more civil to me to burn something like that to the ground. Yeah. But, and it, you know, it's metaphorically, just like, metaphorically, everyone. Exactly. Yeah. It's just this email that I got is just. Whew. Yeah. I don't think I've had anything break my heart the way that this email broke my heart. You, you told me about the email and I know that there's nothing that we, we, we want to give away for the identity of this person no, or anything like that. I can read some of it if you want. Please, because I found it to be heartbreaking as well. Okay, so um, I'm not going to read everything, and I'm yeah. not going to reveal that. At all, I'm going to say is that the, this person is young, so yeah. young, younger than I was when I left. Mm -hmm. um, um, where can I start? Okay, you've helped me realize how fucking wrong all of this is. I am tearing up simply writing this email. The horrible things the older brethren have done to my family, especially in the past couple of years, is absolutely disgusting. May Bruce Hales and all of his teachings rot in hell. Thank you so much. You'll never know how much this has helped me. I really, truly hope that you can get through to the police and get them to stop this. I don't think worldly people grasp how big and awful this whole operation is. My heart absolutely breaks for all the little kids that have to grow up in this church. Please, I beg of you, for my cousins, for your cousins, for my nieces, for your nieces, for my nephews, for your nephews, for my family, for your family, for me, for you, and this. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's powerful. Yeah. Lane, have you also, um, since you've been on uh, the podcast, and by the way, what is the name of, uh, you guys were on a podcast, yourself, Richard, um, both of you, and Carmen and Richard were on a, a podcast. What is it called again, and where can people find it? Because I want people to be able to to go and find you guys wherever you are talking. It's, Even, it's called, yeah, go ahead. It's called Get a Life Podcast. 
um, Xcult Conversations, and it's on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Music. We just started doing it because people wanted us to have these conversations. You know, they want these stories to come out. And just like Cheryl, after I came on your podcast, James, I got these these calls that made me sick. Like mm. this one story, um, I've got authorized by this person to tell this story. It's so, it's so terrible. So this, this young man, this young boy was a teenager and his father told him in the church that masturbation was evil and a terrible sin. So as a young teenage boy, like every young teenage boy, he masturbates and, but then he would feel terrible about it because he was told it was evil and he'd confess it. After he confessed it, his father would get the priests and he would get priestly visits and told how evil and he had a problem. They would told him he had a, a medical problem. And then these sick bastards tell him that he needs to go to a brethren doctor. So they send him to this fucking makeshift bullshit doctor. And this doctor prescribes him an illegal medication from the uk they smuggled it in from the uk it's a medical castration junk drug meant for pedophiles and they prescribed it to this teenage boy because he masturbated it's disgusting they made him take it for seven fucking years yeah um I just want to correct something, and I only want to correct it in case the litigious nature of the brethren comes out. Um, not that it really matters all that much, but I talked to the same gentleman who, and and he said that I could I could talk I could say that I spoke with him. Um, it, it's just as bad, but it, they brainwashed him with the whole priestly visits and everything about masturbation for years, and they put him on the chemical castration drug when he was in his early twenties. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but still like, I mean, like it's, it's exactly like you said, I, I spoke to him for about a half an hour yesterday and, and I, I just wanted to, to hear it, right. To hear it from him. And it was like, he, he understandably is not comfortable talking about this stuff. He doesn't want his name given out. He doesn't want like, yeah. I told him I wouldn't even say what country it was. He, he said it was okay, but I'm just not going to. And so he spent, about eight years um, confessing and then being like uh, brainwashed and then confessing and being brainwashed and confessing, being brainwashed to the point that when he, cause every time he did it, every time he masturbated, like guys, I'd be serving a life prison sentence right now. Masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Just from yesterday. Um, anyways, uh, but, but the idea that they were able to brainwash him for like eight, nine years so that when he was in his early twenties, he still was like confessing and still thinking it was bad and then took the medication, you know, like that is how powerful it is to be to, again, to weaponize someone's faith like that is, is just one of the most horrendous things. Um, and it's not the only case that I've heard about chemical castration. Cheryl, are you familiar with the other case there? I, I don't know if we're allowed to mention this person's name, so I don't want to mention his name, but I think we both know who we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's public with it. There's, okay. a, there's a documentary. I, I think, Lane, has he even wrote a book? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not quite. Yeah, but I, I mean, he's public with it. Absolutely, he's public with it. So, yes, it's happened before. I mean, this isn't, this isn't nothing new to the, to the brethren. 
I just like, I mean, when you sit here and you actually listen to us talk and listen to what we're saying, like, this is so fucked up. You guys, like, I'm just at this state where I'm like, oh, I'm, guys, I'm like, going to I'm gonna try something different with chat because I'm, I'm tired of putting chats up. Oh, new comments will stay. We'll see if that, that will actually hold the chat so I don't have to keep putting comments on because I think it's a lot easier. Um, the one in the the one the the guy that went public um in Australia, I believe it is, he was gay, right? And yeah. then and so they gave him the chemical castration drugs to fight his natural state of being a gay guy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and I don't believe he took them, um, but they tried, and and I believe the doctor uh, lost his license, uh, rightfully so. But to think that these disgusting people can control someone's life and get involved in their in their private life like this and their in their medical and and to think that they can do this, it, it just blows my mind. It's first of all, it's child abuse. It is. Um, you know, um, second of all, it's ferociously anti-gay. Um, it is um, it, it is also obviously hypocritical. I have a hard time imagining anybody that's a higher up inside the brethren obeys all of these rules that they want everybody else to obey. You know, like I just, I have, maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but I always feel like the powers that be inside an organization like this don't believe any of the shit they're selling to the flock. I think you're right, James. And get this. I just found this out very recently. Bruce Hales himself only goes to church like once a week or once a month sometimes. Yeah, but and he's he God. makes his flock go 365 days a year. Yeah. Well, he he's he's the walking representative of Jesus H. Christ, isn't he? Like, isn't that, <laughs> the, you know, isn't the H, doesn't it mean hails, right? Like, Maybe, yeah. Like, it's so ridiculous. Um, and Go ahead. They... And not only are, are they making their members do stuff that they don't themselves don't do, the Hales group, they've got it so connected to their financials now that, that they're literally taking the brethren's money at any turn, right? They're, they've got them for their phones. They have to pay by their phones through brethren businesses, their internet, their, um, their TVs, like everything that they own because they're not allowed to have open TV, right? So everything has to be monitored. So they're getting charged astronomical prices for this. And now we find out that they've partnered with Amazon, the, the Smile program, so that every time a Brethren member makes a purchase on Amazon, they put in a code and a percentage goes to the charity of their choice. Well, what charity are they going to choose? Of course, they choose the <laughs> Brethren charity, right? So the money just goes back to them and tri trickles up to Hales all the way. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about that before. There's nothing technical, excuse me, technically illegal about that. No. But I'm just curious and we should, uh, and, and I try contacting Amazon. I'm going to figure out the best way to contact the right person. But, you know, um, and I'm, and I was saying to, I, I was saying to you laying on the phone yesterday, I'm not the kind of person that wants to go out and cancel anyone, but I'll make an exception for a nefarious child abusing cult. Right. And so, I, I, I would like to make Amazon aware that they are partnering up. Uh, and I know it's just a promotional thing for them. It's just a couple clicks probably by their IT person that allows this partnership to exist yeah. and all that, but that's fine. I was, I'm just curious if they uh, are, are comfortable uh, partnering up with an organization that 
a has countless young people um coming out saying that uh, the people that belong to the church are abusive they're so anti-gay they're so anti-woman and i'm just wondering if amazon really feels like that's the kind of uh partner that they want to prop up in you know in in in, in handling a promotional strategy like that they shouldn't they should run and and not only should businesses run um politicians should run as well james and now we have a UBT insider that has given us a list of every single Brethren business in North America. I have so that list in my possession now. Thank you, by the way, Lane. Um, and uh, I'm going to publish something today or tomorrow um, that lists, I'm going to just stick with Canada, and I'm going to list the hundred and something businesses that exist in Canada. They basically own half of Winnipeg. They own almost the entire town of Maple Creek. They have, uh, I think they have... Um, 10 to 12 businesses in toronto and in the surrounding area they have a bunch and you know i think it's time that people find out that the guys doing their roof or building the shelves in their hardware store or whatever it is that they do it's, it's mostly it's see it sounds like it's mostly just a quick read of that list like um they're builders carpenters you know roofers yeah uh landscapers i think i saw in there builders things like that and, you know, it would just be I, I just think it'd be interesting for people to find out that the people that are doing their roof um, hate you inside if you're gay or think of you as a second class citizen if you're a woman or supporting pedophiles. Yeah. There was I had a someone tell me yesterday that someone had someone's challenged them on Ellen and they pretty much told them that it's OK. It's OK with Ellen because he hasn't had any conviction come through with the police yet. And so it's like these are those type of people that. Are you kidding me? Like if some small child went to them and tell them to tell them about this person that's abusing them, they're going to be like, okay, well, that's okay until the police say it's not. Yet they still hold this belief that their law is above our land law, right? Like they believe that their law is the highest law. I guess it's just, I really think the exposure has to happen. We've got to be exposing this as much as we can to RRT look at the RRT and the face that it presents into the world and the police are all over it. There's, they're just tell everyone what the RRT is so that they, it's their form of um, charity rapid relief teams. They they go around and they help like where there's floods or if there's fires and it's this, they set up their big red tent and they hand out packages of food to people and they just, and people are gobbling it up. They, they believe that this is really this beautiful Christian church who's there to help them, but they don't understand that, that red tent and those people that are standing underneath that red tent could give, they have given no care to the hundreds and hundreds of families that they've split up, the teens that they've thrown on the streets, the pedophiles that they've allowed abuse their, their people. And yet they put this face up and they want it publicized. I know there was something that was published just recently about um, they had contacted someone and they really wanted the publicity behind it. And that was the only way that they were going to do it. I wished I had the article. I don't have it, but um, I'm sure it's out there on Twitter or Facebook or something, mm -hmm. but it was, it was like, they want to have this publicity behind this RRT. So the RRT had to really be founded in order for them to keep their charity status. So they had lost their charity status for a couple of years and this whole rebranding of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church and the RRT came out of that. So they had to formulate something that was offering help and service to the outside world. And that's where the RRT came from. But I mean, it's a hoax. It's an absolute farce. Like 
it's the biggest cover up that they have right now where people have this belief that this is such a beautiful Christian church. All you have to do is ask the right question to the, these RRT uh, tents that you see popping up at, at uh, um, disasters. And, and sometimes they'll even go to marathons, right, and hand yeah. out water bottles and food. And you just have to ask the right question. Just ask them, the people handing out those food, can they eat it with the people they're handing it out to? Yeah. <laughs> Why do they go back to their church? And what they teach in their church at night is they teach, because I was in it, hatred of the world you have to hate the world bruce hale said recently um that no it's not that we haven't loved enough we haven't hated enough yeah that's the leader of the of the cult right there we haven't really? hated enough that's what he said well god is hate right that's what they oh no wait a second it's the opposite of that i think right like yeah um the business part of it is is i find um I find that we're just right at the beginning. We haven't really like covered that on this podcast all that much. We touched on a little bit with David Wallace when he was on, um, you know, Brad Mitchell, I'm being, I, I was told is the basically like the, the mafia capo of Canada. Man, is he the yeah. biggest loser in the world? <laughs> wow. He would come to my dad's house and get wasted drunk um, when yeah. I was a kid. And he would play the piano because that's what he would do. But he was so terrible that people were really laughing at him, not with him, like playing. And he'd yeah. be so drunk, he'd be falling over playing Yellow Bird. And people were just like, like, what is, like, he's, he's fucked up. Like, he's completely fucked up. And now I found out that this guy's a big wig in there. Like, yeah. when I was a kid, this guy was the laughing stock. Yeah, well, you you sniff enough thrones, you get to sit on it once in a while, yeah. right? Um, but the business stuff, I find really just I just find it really um, both interesting and crazy, because um, the, the thing that's stopping all of their businesses from flourishing, or that that's allowing their business to flourish or whatever, is the fact that nobody really understands that these are cult-owned businesses, because the media still to this day have not really in, reported on the PBCC as a cult. And we are trying our best to make that happen. I know that Jesse Brown is doing a little bit of work on this with yeah. his, uh, his documentary about David Wallace called rat fucker. Um, it, it touches on the brethren stuff, but it's not about the brethren. So it's not like that, that isn't going to be sort of like the be all and end all of, uh, of, of reporting. But we're going to keep going because, um, you know, we have a chance to be I, I'm not going to announce it officially yet because I just want to make sure that I get the confirmation email. But it looks like that myself and David Wallace are going to be on a pretty, pretty big American uh, network in, in the next week or so. So I'm going to try my best to sort of blast it out there as well. Um, but like in Maple Creek, for example, Cheryl, the whole town is owned by the by the brethren. Like you can't really like. I'll bring up the list. I have to go back into my email, but um, can you tell me basically when, when a person lives there, is it almost, if you have to pick up groceries, um, some drywalling and maybe some motor oil, you're buying from brethren. Are you not? Um, well, I mean, they don't own the grocery stores. They have their own grocery stores, but two oh. out of three of those. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is what makes it hard for the community of Maple Creek 
to feel comfortable in coming forward. So like I've had people come forward with me with stories still of Ellen, um, concerns of Ellen and past concerns of Ellen, but yet these people are not, they're not going to the police um, in, in fear of the, the disruption within the community and the Plymouth Brethren. You know, I guess I, I'm kind of putting this out there to the public of like, I need fucking ideas. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make the police be more accountable. I sent an email last night that wasn't, I mean, I'm sure they're going to think I was the rudest bitch on earth, but at this point, I, I don't have any other choice, but I kind of want feedback from other people of like, how do we do this? How do we take this to be able to make people feel comfortable in coming forward. I don't think that this is just a police and a judicial. um, I don't think that's the only way that we can do this. I do think that this is more about exposure. Sometimes it has to take the public and the media to put pressure on the police, to put pressure on the judicial system. And so I think that's where each one of us that are invested in this is it's making a point of bringing stuff up in conversation, making a point. I'm actually um, speaking at the sexual assault center um, tomorrow in one of my groups Hmm. and trying, and that's kind of what I'm basing it on is really trying to get people to have conversations, right? These conversations have to happen outside of this. They have to happen inside our homes. They have to happen inside the community so that, People feel comfortable. These, I can tell you, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church is not scary. They make themselves look scary, right? Mm-hmm. There is, like Lane says, it's like you know when you there's only fifty thousand of them, right? Yes, they have a lot of money, but at some point, like money cannot buy the the morals that we need, right? Like eventually, morals have to overrule. The, the amounts of billions of dollars these people have, yeah. right? The voices of people will eventually overrule money. I'm, I'm, the, not, I'm not afraid to ask for help from the inside, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we're already getting stories. Uh, let's, let's ask for more help from the inside. Give us yeah. more information about their criminal um, network because we know it's criminal, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there is, um, we wanted to, to to make sure that we did that a couple times during this podcast, which is like appeal directly because we know that people that are inside the yeah. brethren are watching. Very we much know so. we we know that's happening, and it's been happening since Cheryl, since you've been on the show. Um, they've been watching this show. They've been watching. I think they watched the podcast that you guys did with Richard and with Carmen, and uh, they they watched the Dean Blundell show when I've talked about a bunch of stuff on there. So we know they're watching. So if you are watching right now and you are still inside the brethren, whatever you can do to make sure that your safety is not compromised and whatever you can do to protect your loved ones, we need to hear from you. Uh, you know, we, we need to either help you leave, right? Or we need to figure out a way to get information that exists inside, outside. That will you end know? this. Yeah. Right. Because like in reply to that email, like, it's hard for me. Like I can, I can only do so much and I can only be so loud. I can only, and like that just, like, that last sentence in that email broke my fucking soul. It's like, she's literally asking me to end it. But 
I mean, it, it's it's going to take it's, it's taken a lot of us. It's going to take a lot of us to to try and do some tra- kind of transformation. Another thing that I want to say is to the people inside there: your money is your fucking money. Okay. Yeah. If so, there's we we hear of these stories of like the land that's being sold, things are being sold, and your money is being transported into other businesses, and then you're on a fixed income. That's bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. Your money is your money. It is weird to me when you see a group that prides itself on being conservative act like communists when it comes to the money of the flock. Not just communists, but thieves. But communists in the sense that everyone's got to give money away to the state, or in this case, to the fat family known as the Hales. (laughs) Right? Like They absolutely are in love with money now. You know, and that's the last, that's a Bruce Hales thing. He's brought that, but he's also going to bring it down. He's going to be the, the, uh, the ruin of it because he's made this stupid mistake of making it completely obvious that universal business team and Bible and gospel trust, the Plymouth Brethren Christian church are one and the same. They're the same. The church is the business. The business is the church. And now that that's so blatantly obvious, Oh God, we can sue them all. Fucking yeah. A. Um, right now, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to post a couple of the um, pieces of the spreadsheet that have to do with Canadian cities. Um, Lane, you worked at a couple of these companies, haven't you? That were owned by the uh, the called uh, in their UBT program or whatever it's called. Yes, I own. Well, I only worked for my father's. Actually, I only worked for one, and that okay. was. Um, that's now called Synergy LLC out of Washington, D.C. My dad, Miles Admiral, was the owner. I believe now my brothers, Lee and Jim Admiral, um, are the owners of it. And that company, when I worked for it for my dad, I remember how weird it was when we would go on sales meetings and they would ask to go for lunch. Like, why don't you talk to us about, why don't you pitch this over lunch, you know, try to get a lunch. And of course, we could never eat with them. It was so weird. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Yeah, that, that they don't break bread with outsiders. So they'll employ outsiders, but they won't break bread with them. Yeah. What is the reason that they give? Is it just like, is it kind of like a cooties thing? Or is it just because they don't share their exact beliefs? Like, what are they, why are they, they so adverse to breaking bread with uh, outsiders? Well, it's purely ego, right? It's we are better. We are special. And, it, and they say, oh, we don't think we're special. Clearly, they think you're special when you cannot eat food with another human being, right? And like that, so it's, it's it's completely egotistical made up that we are separate and we're Christ. They call themselves Christ's bride, which is fucking creepy as hell. Yeah. And then if you look at the way they do what they would call the Lord's Supper, which is basically communion on, on Sunday morning. They, they eat bread and pretend it's this guy's body, and then they drink wine and pretend it's his blood. Okay, that's that's cool. That's Yeah, that's just 
Like, come on, that's not creepy as fuck. That's, that's Catholic. In the morning. <laughs> They're just that's, as creepy. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so here's the. Uh, I want to. I'm going to post these these businesses now. So this, if you live in Toronto, I'm going to say these businesses. And I am only saying these businesses' names because they're owned by a fucking crazy cult. That is why I'm doing it. And I don't give a shit what anyone does or says. Cherry Roofing Limited, cult-owned. Forest View Industries, owned by the cult. Hang It Up Systems, owned by the cult. Johnstone Brothers Equipment Company, cult-owned. Maxit Systems Incorporated. Northern Wide Plank Flooring Incorporated. Northridge Electric, Phoenix Fire Systems. All of those businesses are owned by the Plymouth Brethren Christian cult. If you go to Winnipeg, AccuLift, Airmax, Accure Group Inc. Incorporated, Applafast Inc., Central Dental Supply, Mammoth Equipment, Meditech, Superb Construction Group, Western Environmental Canada, all of those businesses in, in Winnipeg owned by the cult. And then if you go to Maple Creek, look at that list. Wow. Aero equipment. Did I, did I already do this one? No, I did not. Aero equipment, Cortec quality presentation products, cutting edge doors and woodworking, Jayco construction, Northridge marketing limited, Prairie West yard care, rich pro roofing and contracting incorporated rural tax services. There's another way to get your money. <laughs> Sunny slope feedlot. All of those companies owned by a cult. Uh, they are partners with Amazon, the biggest delivering shipping company or whatever on the planet has a partnership with the cult. Um, and the list, by the way, that I was sent, and it's just North America, I believe, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Is 342 businesses in North America owned by the cult. I haven't added up the Canadian businesses on that list, but it's about 100 to 120, I think, something like that. But it's, it's fairly big. It could be less, whatever. I just skimmed it. I mean... This is where we're going to get them. Yeah. They love money, not Jesus. They don't love kids. You know, they love money. Yep. They don't care if kids are abused as long as they have money. They don't care about um, whether or not they split up families as long as they have money. They don't care about anything. They just care about money. And the reason now, now it sort of makes a little bit more sense to me because it's for the first time I'm looking at this as like the decision to separate families is a financial decision. Yeah. It's not a religious decision. Hmm. If Lane or Cheryl leaves the church, cut her off because if she convinces her aunts, uncles, cousins, mom, dad, sister to leave with her, that costs money. And you know, if you get a loan, so if someone gives you money inside there for your business, right? So you set this business up and it, it's it's funded by Brethren Money. You actually have to sign something that says that if you leave the church, that business is theirs. Yeah. It's and, money. And now, yeah. let's remember, though, um, even that with that story about the medical castration, they also made him sign documents that would say that he would never tell his doctor and stuff like that. The, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church loves to make its members sign ridiculous amounts of contracts and and things and 99.9% of them are fucking illegal. Yeah. You can't you can't um hang an NDA on the flimsiness of protecting someone from doing a crime. Exactly. Yeah, you, you you cannot that that NDA means nothing in that case. 
So again, if there's brethren people listening and you're f- afraid because you signed an NDA, two things. One is that the NDA in itself is probably protecting a criminal act. Um, and, but the second thing, more importantly, I think, they don't want to fight. Like they, they may have been really litigious in the past, but can anyone show me um, other than, um, oh, I forget his last name because it's so long, the Michael who wrote the book? Bachelor. Bachelor, yeah. Um, you know, there's a Michael Bachelor book. Uh, I have a book deal uh, do, do writing on this called. It's, it's, I just started it or whatever. But really, you're not going to find a lot of places where people are broadcasting abuse stories about this and everything else. But as soon as it gets to the money and they think that they're going to be litigious again, they're going to have to deal with a lot more than they dealt with in the past, which is scared ex-members not knowing what to do. Now they're going to have to deal with the Cheryl Hopes of the world and the Lane Admirals of the world. Um, people who are, or who I consider you guys legit heroes for speaking out because if you're starting this process and hopefully it will snowball, this litigious group all of a sudden is going to have to start thinking a little bit harder before they send their lawyers after somebody because now the lawyer is going to advise them if he's smart, Gerald Shapur, that the people that are that you're going after don't have stories of NDAs or stories about, um, you know, not being able to speak inside the church or whatever, or priestly visits. Those things, they've been handling that shit for years. They'll just bat that shit away in a heartbeat. Um, And I know in the UK they dealt with some of this, but now they're going to be dealing with current pedophilia accusations, you know, current um, chemical castration, or at least in the recent recent past, chemical castration accusations. And by the way, not to toot my own horn, but a podcaster who doesn't give a fuck. I, I will I will continue. I try to get reporters to come on this show from Canada, from New Zealand, and from the UK. Um, three of them in total. And all three of them were like, nah, I can't do it. I'm not brave enough. I don't want to get sued. And my editor is afraid. And everyone's afraid. And fear, fear, fear. And no one's sent me a letter yet. If, say, if they haven't sent me a letter yet, after everything that I put on this podcast... I, I'm not sure it's coming. It's because um, none yeah, of us ahead. are lying, James. None yeah. of us are lying. These stories are all true, and they know that. And they keep – right now, I guarantee you what's going to be flashed around inside the, the cult is going to be protect the assembly, protect the assembly, yeah. right? And that's their code word for don't fucking speak to anyone, right? Like, right. Don't talk to the cops. And if the brethren that are still in the, in the brethren – like the people that are listening that are still in the brethren – fucking secretly record the the, the meetings yes. secretly record the priestly visits let's see what these drunk ass perverts have to say to people when they're like i'm being abused by somebody i want to know what they say to these people because it's i'm sure it's not this well we definitely need to contact the authorities because your personal safety is in danger which is what they should say right absolutely and, and i want to say to the people that are in there that reach out to me like i am going i'm very i am very discreet with what i'm providing publicly the only reason why i brought this one publicly today is that i think it really needed to be said with how much inside there people are wanting this to end right Mm -hmm. so i want those people in there to know that there's ways to be discreet there's a ways to give us this information so that we can end this for you i understand that you can't really end this for yourselves inside there and that's what so many of us there's like there's so many of us out here that are are willing to to literally go to the end of the earth to have this stopped. Yeah. Um. 
you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's, there are good Christians inside that church. I know there are, I know my parents are They're victims and they're complete victims. The thing is when Bruce Hales took over, he had this slow progression of, in, yeah, really like he had this slow progression of how he introduced everything right from my understanding is that um, a lot of the older people that were in the lead and taking the lead were taken out and young businessmen were put in. Yeah. So there's a slow progression. And so I know to them, it's like, okay, well, this is just who Mr. Hales is. And from what my parents always told me is that he's just this kind man. He's such a kind man and he really understands the young people. So he's given these young people all this freedom inside there, right? I There was no cell phones when I was there. There was no TVs. There was no radios. There was no none of this stuff that these, these young kids have now. But all he did was he just loaded up the sugar shop, get, you know, entered the candy store and said, here, just go into this candy store. He's locked the doors and he's got all these kids inside the candy shop. Yeah. Right? And they don't realize that that's what's happened. Unless you have these people like this, young person that's email. I mean, I've had multiple people. This is the one that really, really tore at me um, yeah. this weekend is that I think the more that we are vocal, the way, the more that we are really putting this out there. I mean, fuck, I'm so fucking mad now. Like I, I mean, I, I've been in therapy for my anger and my rage for years yeah. and for this weekend, who did it get, it did it get fired up again. But not in in a destructive anger. This is anger that's just lighting my my fire was just fueled, and it's just like gloves are off. And fuck, somebody has to. We we have to be loud. We've got to get at this and uh, do what it takes. Do to do what it fucking takes. Yeah, I just put my email address on the screen. I'm gonna put Cheryl's on there as well. Lane, I'll put yours up there as well. Um, I don't know if you have a no. Just just yeah, I'll, I'll put both yours up there Actually, before the end of the show. Put- don't put mine up there, please. Sorry. Okay, I won't put up yours up there. Cheryl, do you have an email address that you use for it's this that, stuff? It's that Cheryl Hope at Proton.me. That's where okay. I get Okay. Okay. Um, um, so we'll put up that as well. Go ahead, Lee. I just wanted to say one last thing, right, to those those brethren members that are listening, and I'll say it again. Just please choose telling the truth to the authorities over this stupid call. Just tell the fucking truth. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, and you guys know, you know, how tough it is to be on the inside and how difficult it is not just to find courage, but to find the part of your brain that realizes you need some at that moment. Yeah. Right? Like the the, the whole thing, like every time I talk to an ex-member, I have to stop myself from from sounding really ignorant because sometimes I want to say like, why didn't you fucking just do this or that? And it's just, and then now I'm so used to it because I've spoken to so many. I've spoken to about 50 now. Uh, not Obviously not all of them have been on the show. So a lot of them don't want to. They just reach out. They send me an email. They let me know like what's going on. I have a couple that send me like non-stop emails and messages and it's filled with sermons and jesus and stuff but like that's fine too guys like i don't mind because they at least we're, we agree on one thing which is you know this is a dangerous organization um sorry sure you were going to say something go ahead i don't know what i'm going to say i just you know what i'm just oh i just so i'm so frustrated i'm just so fucking frustrated and i know that it's hard for you guys to leave your families you've got this these decisions to make and the biggest decision is like, you know, you have to leave behind people. And 
it's hard. It is so hard. Gosh, I don't think I'll ever get over not having my family. I don't think I'll ever get over it. But at what what are what are people willing to sacrifice in order to stop this? That's the fucking question here. What are you willing to sacrifice in order to stop this? Because there's nobody going to be coming out of the sky singing fucking kumbaya with a magic wand and saying, whoop. Okay, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church is now back to a mainstream Christian church. It's not going to happen like that. What do they say again when the wand goes? I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. But I'm like, there's there's an element of sacrifice here, right? Like, yeah. it's the reality. I think everybody needs to take off the fucking rose-colored glasses. I am so sorry for swearing as much as a month. You guys sorry. are both kind of swearing like truckers today, and I love it. Oh, I'm, I think we're just frustrated, <laughs> right? Like, take off the rose-colored glasses and look at the reality of the situation. So we know, we know what we have in front of us. We know what we're up against. And then you have to look at what does it take? What does it take to get to where we want to go? That's the that's the question, and it is hard. It's hard. Um, I just hope that the lead investigator finds my email somewhat inspiring instead of me thinking that I've gone off my rocker and that he realizes the intensity and the urgency that's needed. There is an urgency to, to this. Well, I read the email that you sent to that police officer, and I thought it was... Um, it was something that they'll receive it and they'll, you know, I don't know if they're going to do this or not, but like, I can easily imagine them rolling their eyes at the <laughs> fact that you don't know the process or something like right, that. Right. Exactly. But the thing is with cops, so like I have a couple of friends that are, that are police officers. I mean, if they like, like if they want to roll on something quicker, they'll do it. You know, that, and, and it's not that they don't want to roll on this quick. It's that um, sexual assault allegations, especially ones that are years and years old, require a little bit more prep exactly. for investigations. Then it's not just as easy. It's not like it was like in the eight days of like you know Mayberry, you know, with the Andy Griffin show or whatever, where you just like you find something out and then you walk over to the guy's house and knock on the door and ask him some questions. Like that. That's you know, they can't do it like that. Um, however, like you know. What what I'm kind of shocked at are people that were in the position that your parents were once in, Cheryl, mm -hmm. that are that are sitting there in 2022 right now, just trying to figure out. Okay, so should we side with the church or should we side with our child who's been molested by people that are in the yeah. church? Like that is that is where I get a little bit like angry dad ish. You know, like I want to reach into Maple Creek and. And, and sort of slap these parents a little bit. But, I mean, pedophiles are also really secretive. And kids don't often say anything. And so it's it's weird because you getting that email from that person, that young person inside the, the church still, I was, like, blown away, you know? Um, now, I, I don't know. And, and the tricky part of how to advise that person like, what do you say? You you almost, everything has a trap door right in front of it. Like, oh, go to your parents. Parents will probably side with the church for some fucking reason, right? Go to the police. Police might not do anything, but then everyone will find out that you went to the police and then yeah. you get ostracized. Yeah. You know, go to a friend. The friend might rat you out. Go to an elder. The elder will send a fucking drunk ass priest to your house to try to talk you out of saying anything. I don't, is it hard for you to even give advice in that situation? 
you know what? I not gonna lie. I sobbed my heart out after I read that. And I'm like, just sat with my husband for a bit because I knew, and I mean, we have a group chat that of course I'm like exploding on <laughs> and I just needed to collect myself and be able to be like, I asked myself the question, Cheryl, what did you need to hear? If this is you at 15, what did you need to hear? And that's how I replied. Um, we also have leaflets and stuff that, that are, made up for people in this situation right because it's not about coercing anybody to come out did i want to i wanted to get into my vehicle and find out where this person was and go pick them up like that's my mothering instinct was i got the bubble wrap ready um let's i'll go pick you up but it's it's about taking people to their choices and when someone chooses to leave on their own with people just guiding and supporting them the the Chances of that person being able to make it on the outside are much higher than if I'm sitting there coercing somebody to leave, right? Yeah. So I sat there and I replied in the essence of validating what she, what he or she was feeling. Um, I was validating what's going on, validating the the horrific uh, whole bombshell of this all, and hoping that that just gave that person some sort of, um, Hey, okay. She heard me. Right. Because yeah. what else do you do? Like I can't, there's nothing else I can do. But at the same time, it fucking lit a fire in me. It lit a fire in me. So huge where I was like, yeah, I'm done. I, I, and that's what needed to happen. I needed to just get pissed off. And, yeah. and that I'm doing my first podcast that I had with you, um, in f- for purposes of this presentation and stuff. And yeah, I would came across that conversation you and I had and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> yelling at yourself. Hey? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're not there anymore. Cause I felt so bad when the podcast was over. Cause I was like, fuck, I told Cheryl to burn the church to the ground. She was like, <laughs> she was the bigger person. She was like, you know, you don't change it. You shouldn't do it. And I felt so bad. I really did. I was like, fuck it. Like I fucked it up. And then but now you're like, family's in there, right? So I've got family in there. There's good people that we'll are tip in them there. off. They'll be the ones that handle the get cherry, the jerry cans. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll so, and then, so there's always this, I've always tried to come, come into this neutral spot, right. Of just like understanding everything. Hmm. But then when you receive an email like that, that's just like, Holy cow. Like I've, my last couple conversations with the police seem to have been repetitive. And I mean, I mean, I'm talking to Terry and she's told me what, what's been said. And then this, you know, there's just repetitiveness, repetitiveness. And I'm like, okay, we're done. The urgency doesn't seem to be here. I've had hotter rates reach out to me. Um, I've had someone that wants to come on your show who, who has incredible, incredible information. And so we're getting really messy right now. This is getting messy in the sense that Come on, I need the the police to 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 start standing up and realizing that this is not just some church that set up a fucking tent on the side of the road. There I go, yeah. swearing again. I apologize. I'm like, oh, fuck. I fuck. It's, I don't fucking care. it's go ahead. a blatant, it's a blatant cult. That we're doing you know, with the and, and I understand that they've got the oven mitts on. That's what I feel like. I feel like the police are like sitting there and they've got this whole story inside a cradle and they're carrying this cradle around with oven mitts. And I'm like, just, just open it up, just open it up and dive in and let's get through some of this shit, get through yeah. the people that I've given to you, right? These people haven't been followed up. And that's what I'm pissed off about is that I've given you a list of people that have like hard 
core evidence of what happened to me. People that witness what happened to me. People that are speaking of like that. There's just so much evidence and these people haven't been contacted. And that's what I'm pissed off about. Go ahead, Lee. No, that's it. It's not right. And we're like, we need to kind of put pressure on the police to push forward with this stuff because they need to get a fire kind of lit under their ass in a sense too. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, I know how they think. I re- cause I remember like when I came forward with my abuse to the church members, it wasn't, even I didn't think about going to the police Yeah. yeah. back then. I never even considered it. So, so what does that say to what's going on in there now? Like how many other people are there that have, that this is happening to or happened to in there we know because they're coming forward to me and cheryl they're coming forward to so, me even you know like, yeah. like exactly and you know uh, not as much though like I, and i'm glad that if you guys are listening out there if you have a specifically an abuse story you should actually reach out to cheryl or, or lane because um not that i don't want to talk to you but they are better equipped because they're ex-members and um but but one thing i want to say because we do have to go in a couple minutes but one thing i wanted to say was that um i know what it's like to not be in a church and to feel like something that happens to you when you're a kid isn't wrong. So it's not like you need the church that you need the church's sort of extra prodding to reconcile with yourself or, or to not know if something happens to you, whether or not that is wrong or not, but adding that church to it must be, extraordinarily difficult to to figure out if what happened to you is normal or if it's evil. Um, It was hard enough for me to figure that shit out without a church in the way. And so I think what I'm saying is that if you are, again, this, this, this whole show was meant to be almost like a, like a a show to, to sort of um, encourage people who are listening that are still inside, or if there's people watching that still talk to anyone that's inside that there is a way to get out and that there's a way to share their stories. And there's a way to like reach out to people like Lane and Cheryl to like find someone who's a confidant who understands exactly what it is that you're going through and in what environment you are going through that thing. I think that, you know, we very much like, if you want to talk about the corruption, the money, the business side, contact me, but in any event, contact any one of us because we want to be able to help you and we want to be able to expose this group for what it is. Um, do you either one of you have any last words before we uh, before we take off here? Just that, yeah, like me and Cheryl are here to listen, right? So if you guys want to blab to us and tell us about how awful it is in there, we're here to listen. That's it. Yeah, and I think, too, it's about, it's not, I need you guys, I need the people inside there to understand that we are not opposers. This isn't about, this isn't about retaliation and being an opposer. This is literally my heart breaking and we know we need to clean this mess up. And it's, it, it, I know that they're telling you that. I know you're te- you're being told that we're evil and that we're opposers. And there's all these things that are, that we're saying that are wrong. And we're, you know, we're going against the assembly and we're not in there. That's not what this is about. This is about literally having some sort of transformation and reform happening inside the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. And instead of you asking, what would Bruce Hales do? Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? That's what you need to ask yourself. 
That's you've right. got to take the man out of it because you got to go back. If you're, if you are a true Christian, you're going to ask yourself that question. Not what, what would Bruce Hales do? What would Jesus do? That is true. Uh, Jen asks, thank you, Sher- says, thank you, Sherilyn. She asks, tell us outsiders how we can help. Who can we flood with emails? Um, this is Cheryl's email. That's the right one. Cheryl Hope at yeah, Proton.me. Yeah, it's a capital C and a capital H, but I don't know if it's case I don't sense. think that matters in emails, if I'm pretty sure. My my lack of tech um, skills notwithstanding. But, I don't know. Um, at this point, do you go to your MLM? Do you, I don't know who you've... I really... I mean, I don't know where to go from this point. That's, that's a great hard. idea. Um, no one in the East knows what an MLM is, but because we have oh. MPPs, but... Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, member of legislative assembly. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Men- members of legislative assembly. Isn't it MLA? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, MLAs. Yeah, that's, yeah. What did I say? Yeah, I'd say, yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but what a great idea. Because here, I'm going to put someone on blast right now, actually. Um, because the, I think the closest Plymouth Brethren Church in uh, Toronto is actually located in Brampton, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Patrick Brown, if you're listening, and I'll make a clip. Uh, Patrick Brown is the former conservative leadership candidate who is the mayor of Brampton. Patrick Brown, you have a, an election in one week. Your direct competitors, who are all being supported by the crowd of conservatives that hates your guts, uh, the Doug Ford um, crowd doesn't like you, and they like um, this church. Uh, they were at uh, the, the when when Doug Ford was actually uh, elected leader. I believe that was 2018. I think. The uh, several members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church were at the leadership um, convention, and they love you. So, Patrick Brown, you're a competitor. Your main competitor, the, the name escapes me. It's not really all that important, but your competitor is being propped up by money. Um, and that money com- uh, often comes from um, Doug Ford, pro-Doug Ford camps, which would include the PBCC. Yeah. You have a week. Patrick Brown, to say something, to, to rid your town of this cult, to, to rid your town of businesses owned by this cult. In fact, let's go check right now to see how many of this, how many of these uh, companies are in Brampton. And I see that there are on that list, none. So he's already cleaned up the job. No, there's got to be more. There, there has to be some. I think they're included in the Toronto list. But either way, uh, you know, it would be a wise political move. I don't know how you could lose by, you know, by going on television or holding a press conference and saying, you know, cult money is not money that should be in politics and ask yeah. for an audit because he can do that whenever he wants. Ask for an audit of your competitors campaign finances. And let's see how much money is coming directly from this cult. It's time for everybody to start calling people, to start calling yeah. elected officials in your area, to start calling whoever you need to call to talk about this shit. Because I'm a little tired of uh, of of the of the mainstream media not not caring about this story. I'm happy that people like Jesse Brown are starting to mm-hmm. see what's going on. I'm not sure how much focus he's going to be putting on the Plymouth Brethren because I know that a lot of it is David Wallace and Klondike paper stuff. But anything helps. So I'm glad Jesse Brown is doing what he's doing. I'm happy about that. You know, And I don't know, can people, I don't know if people can send emails and letters to um, the GIS unit in Regina. That's where my case is. Like, I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what you can do. I don't know either, but let's call the Regina police station and just ask like, what's going on with this case? The, the Maple yeah. Creek case of sexual abuse. We need to see some answers. Are you going to hold a press conference? 
if we just keep flooding these people with calls, eventually those people that we're calling are going to end up talking to each other somehow. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, it's really like taking off. Like we just you know, what we need we need the same boiler room mentality that the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church has whenever they're trying to do things like stop gay marriage. That's the kind of right? like, yeah. that's I the, mean, yeah. you know, that, that's yeah. the kind of urgency and aggressiveness that we kind of need. Only the difference this time is that we're actually trying to do something to help people, yeah. not to hate them. Um, Cheryl Hope, Lane Admiral, thank you both for coming today. I know I'm going to talk to each of you soon in the next coming days. So we'll see you soon. Okay. Okay. Take thank care. You guys. Thank, thank you, guys. you, James. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry, Lane. I'm trying to get rid of you here. I'm trying to get out of here, Lane. <laughs> I'll see you soon, buddy. Um, yeah, that was a uh, that was a show that needed to be done. I need to get it off my chest. I need it for them to be able to come on and get off their chest. I know Cheryl's really frustrated. I know Lane's frustrated. Um, I'm going to read these names out before I go. In Toronto, Cherry Roofing Limited, Forest View Industries, Hang It Up Systems, Johnston Brothers Equipment Company, Maxit Systems, Inc., Northern Wide Plank Flooring, Inc., Northridge Electric, Phoenix Fire Systems. Those are, those are the Toronto companies owned by a cult called the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. In Winnipeg, AccuLift Air Max, Accure Group Inc., Aplifast Inc., Central Dental Supply, Mammoth Equipment, Meditech, Superb Construction Group, Western Environmental Canada. Those are the companies in Winnipeg owned by the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church cult. And in Maple Creek, Arrow Equipment, Cortec Quality Presentation Products, Cutting Edge Doors and Woodworking, Jayco Construction, Northridge Marketing Limited, Prairie West Yard Care, Rich Pro Roofing and Contracting Inc., Rural Tax Services, and Sunny Slope Feedlot. Those are companies owned by the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, aka the Plymouth Brethren Crazy Cult. What we're trying to do is make it so that this man, Bruce Hales, one day meets this woman, Marie Hanin. Again, we want this man <laughs> to meet this woman. Because if that happens, then the whole thing's over for them. I can't wait. Also, Marie Hanin, hottest woman on the planet. Okay. Um, this week on Black Bolt, uh, is I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, I just got tingles. Tomorrow at 10 a.m., I have Major One. Major One is a rapper from uh, Canada, but she also hails from Singapore, uh, Jakarta. She's in Kuala Lumpur right now. She is like all over the place and she is one of the best hip-hop artists that canada has ever produced or at least housed for a while before she went globe trotting but she's dope and i can't wait to have her on she's on at 10 a.m on wednesday at 7 p.m we have david wallace political fixer he's going to talk about his new podcast called the fix among other things because it's david wallace you're not going to want to miss that and on Thursday, because I met her on the Dean Blondell podcast last week, Sherry DeNovo is coming in at 7 p.m. And I just can't wait to talk to her because I feel like I could talk to her for like 7,000 hours because she is that interesting. But until then, um, oh, and by the way, uh, I want to thank everybody in the comments because uh, I also got a couple of emails during the show uh, that were um, that were from people, for, not from inside the PBC, that are, are ex-members. And they said that they're going to put out the word as well to get people uh, a little bit more engaged and a little bit more active when it comes to calling that cult out. So I want to thank my guests again, Cheryl Hope and Lane Admiral, both of them ex-members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, a.k.a. the Crazy Cult. And we'll see you tomorrow for Major One on Black Bolt. Thanks, everybody. Black Bolt. Black, black, black Bolt. 
Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.